0: I'm Jen Drummond. Welcome to my podcast, Take a Break. As a mom of seven, a business owner, and an individual trying to be the first female to climb the seven second summits, I often need to remember to take a break. Take a Break is about enhancing and preserving the greatest asset you have, you. Listen in as I share personal stories and interview others to help you get the most out of this one amazing life. Hey, today I have my friend Lindsay on the podcast. She is a LinkedIn expert. So we go through all the things LinkedIn collaborating on posts, LinkedIn lives, commenting, coming up with content, building your network, making connections, the things that you need to know to be successful on LinkedIn. And today, if you're in the business world or want to get into the business world, LinkedIn is a key component to your success. So listen in to learn about all our tips, tricks, and hacks to have the most successful LinkedIn page you can have. All right, friends, today I have my friend, I know I say that all the time, but she truly is my friend, Lindsay Mitrosilis, and she is a LinkedIn expert. So, Lindsay, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here. Yay, so fun. Okay, so I'm going to tell you how I met Lindsay. I was doing my thing without a LinkedIn page because I didn't think I needed one. I was doing enough on the other social channels and a company looked me up to hire me for a speaking event and they could not understand how I could be a speaker without a LinkedIn page. And so they passed on me. I didn't realize this. Yes, they did. And so then I was like, Oh my gosh, I need a LinkedIn page tomorrow. I don't have the bandwidth to manage it. Who is the expert in this field? And I looked high and low left and right and found you so glad we did. So glad we did. <laughs> and and now we remember, you
1: never not know each other.
0: Yeah, now we know each other, and you like rocked it and made everything magic. And I'm so happy. And so I wanted to have you on the podcast because you. we need LinkedIn experts in today's world because it's a new game.
1: It is a new game, and you know, depending on what position you're at in life, personal life, professional life, like it is really important to have a LinkedIn presence for whatever goals you have, right? Like for you, you know, was speaking. And so you're like, Oh my gosh, I need to get, I need to get going on this. But even for like corporate executives, if you're looking for a job, if you're going to start a business, like it is really vital now to have a LinkedIn presence and to have one that is active. It's just not enough to just have your profile and never be on LinkedIn again, because to your point, I mean, you're going to get passed up on opportunities. There's so much going on that people are looking at LinkedIn now.
0: So at a minimum, everybody listening to this episode right now needs to be on her email list because (laughs) the email tips that you give us are valuable off LinkedIn and just in real life. And I felt like the email that I read recently was about how even building your own internal team. Mm. And your relationships with your employees on your team by having a strong LinkedIn presence that I don't know if we we always think of LinkedIn as an external thing for new jobs or new whatever, but it's a great way to establish yourself as a thought leader within your organization. Yes. So hit on that a little bit.
1: So I always talk about there's four particular pillars that I think LinkedIn, your LinkedIn presence really hits on that are beneficial across the board. It is recruitment, retention, and that's what you're talking about, sales and brand awareness. So the retention piece, if you think about today, post-COVID, So many teams are remote. And if they're not fully remote, there's a hybrid, right? And so because of that, we're just a little bit more disconnected. We're not seeing each other in the office as often. And it's really important that you stay connected to your team. And the best way that they can see you in a different light outside of this one-on-one or this town hall or this team meeting or whatever is that they start to get to experience you as a human, as the leader that they are following and that they are working for. And they just get to see a different side of you. And I think because of that, When you talk about topics that are important to you and they resonate with your team and all those things, that is what creates retention. That's what makes people feel really proud to go and work for you and work on the projects that you guys have lined up and all those types of things.
0: No, yeah, it was a great, a great article. And I was just like, Oh, wow. Yeah, this is important for me to get involved in and make sure that I'm giving my personal side and the business side and letting people know me as an authentic human. And that human element to everything we do is so important in all, all ways. Here's another thing about LinkedIn that shocked me And I hate to play on fear tactics because it's just not who I am, but I was listening in on a LinkedIn conversation and somebody was saying, you should really make sure somebody's there for you in case bad things happen because your LinkedIn person can nip that right away, keep your reputation where you want it to be. And it just establishes you deeper and longer than what otherwise would happen. So you have a little bit to say on that too. So share there.
1: Yeah, it's funny you say that because recently I had someone reach out who he was anticipating some bad PR coming his way. He had gotten calls from some major publications that were going to be doing an interview on him. And this is interesting because it wasn't necessarily something that he did. It was somebody within his network that had done, I'm trying not to say too much, and that it could have been tied back to him. He was never going to be held responsible for what this person's decision was, but this person was in his network. And somehow this guy's name was getting dropped in some of these major articles and on social media. So he was, you know, very reactive, very worried. And so we had talked through some of this stuff. And I got him in touch with some actual like PR folks. And they all we all said, one, when you build a personal brand and an audience in a on a place like LinkedIn, you actually do yourself a favor when things like this come up. Because you had said before too, you're like, listen, no one thinks that this is going to happen to them until it does. And so when you get an audience built up on a platform like LinkedIn, and if something were to happen, your audience knows you so well already that you can either eliminate that thing pretty quickly if it comes up, or your audience already knows, likes, and trusts you that there's really no validity to whatever bad press came out. I mean, unless there is truth to it, but it's a lot easier to combat it and to be more proactive when you are already working on building that personal brand and that that audience on linkedin
0: no i agree i agree and i know that from me from linkedin people hear things in the mountains, right? Like I'm on these expeditions and they'll ask me questions. And did you hear this? Or did you hear that or whatever else? And just being able to be this person that's like, "Mm, I don't get involved in those conversations, but I empower everybody out here. And, you know, thanks for reaching out. It's interesting how it all comes at you.
1: And your brand, Jen, is like aligned across all your social platforms that with that same messaging, right? Like I don't get involved in that. I stay positive, more power and love to everybody else. Like, And that is your message across the board so that if anything ever were to come out, not that it would, but this is what you've been standing on for a long time. And you're solid in that. And that's what people know you. And you are that way. So-
0: Yeah. Okay. So what about, I mean, I know for me, I didn't get into LinkedIn because it just felt like this huge monster that I didn't want to take on. But then once we got into it, I'm like, oh, it's just like the other platforms. It's just Mm -hmm. playful. It's just more of a business audience. So for somebody who's getting started out, like, how do you help them get past that cold feet?
1: Well, I would say there's three major components to LinkedIn that you really want to attack. Obviously your profile. So get that set up. We do profile optimizations for you. If some, you know, if someone's interested in that, there's tons of courses out there that can teach you how to set up your fo- profile. It's just a matter of like, just taking the action and doing it. Cause it is really simple. The next second, Really, bucket there is content. And so that's probably where you saw a lot of crossover from other social platforms. It's like, oh, okay, this isn't that bad. It's a little bit of Facebook. It's a little bit of Instagram. Like how do we combine all those things and then show up on LinkedIn And to your point, it's more of a business audience. But I would say if someone's listening to this podcast six months from now, the playing field is completely leveled now. I think with social media, like it will evolve, right? Like three years ago, LinkedIn was so different than it is today. So we're just seeing that across the board. But I would say confidence in posting content is just like really testing out and seeing what works. And then the third thing really is putting yourself out there as far as making connections, Really, like that is where LinkedIn is really set apart from other social platforms. Like if you know you've got a book that's coming out and your target audience is female entrepreneurs or CEOs, then like you actually can go search for those people for free on LinkedIn and connect with them. And all you have to do now as you've filled your audience purposefully with these folks, you're now just creating content for them. And now you're engaging and you're doing all these things like that is why LinkedIn is still so, so powerful as a platform versus any other one that's out there. So if someone's like nervous or worried or confused on how to approach it, it's like, just listen, If you got a goal for your brand or your business? Like LinkedIn can get you there a lot faster than other social platforms to date.
0: Yeah, just as an easy search feature right? And it makes a huge difference. That's one of the reasons why I still love YouTube, right? Like I might see something cool on Instagram, but then that thing's lost. And I have to remember who posted it, what day, go through their feed and figure that all out. Where on YouTube, you have this ability to say, okay, I was looking at X and then it pulls up all those things under that category. And that's kind of the nice thing about LinkedIn, because if you are targeting female CEOs or people in human relations or PR or media, you have an ability to connect and share ideas and learn from each other and kind of build your own little tribe.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and I know I'm a LinkedIn person, but that is one of the reasons why YouTube is probably the most powerful platform truly for social media, because it's the biggest search engine and you can get that specific. So while I love LinkedIn, obviously YouTube truly is very, very powerful.
0: (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. But, you know, like it, it's, it's different, right? I mean, it's yeah. all different. The different platforms have different needs or whatever. Very true. Uh, so when you make the contact, like this is where it gets a little nervous for people too, is say, okay, I want to reach out to female CEOs. We've all been on LinkedIn where we get the, spammy, you know, spammy type inbox feeds, which are horrible. So how do you recommend making a connection to somebody that is your ideal customer that isn't a friend?
1: Well, Our approach in our agency is we try to take the most organic, soft approach. Again, that doesn't always work for everybody and that doesn't align with everyone, but that's typically the type of client that we call into our agency and that's what works best. So what we do, we'd say, make the connection. And then if you wanted to send a follow-up message when they accept the connection, you could say like, Hey, thanks so much for accepting my connection. Or thanks so much for accepting my invite. Would love to connect with you here and just see what they say. We typically don't have some type of like sale or pitch unless the client wants it. Because again, depending on the goals that actually could work for some people, but for most people, they're trying to they're trying to create authentic, I hate that word, but real genuine connection with people and sending an immediate sales message isn't always the way to do that. Now I'm a sales girl. I know you are too. Like you're not afraid to sell, but there is a way to approach people, especially on LinkedIn that creates an authentic, genuine connection and usually pitching them the minute you connect is not the way to do it. You could say something. Otherwise, let your profile speak for itself. Let your content speak for itself. That's why I say, you know, when you talk about your profile setup, and again, there's plenty of courses that can teach you how to do that. We've got a course we do. We have a service on that. The headline is really important because that's the first thing people see. I actually have this story one time a few years ago. I remember a guy Wanted to connect with me. And I didn't see the connection request on my LinkedIn. I saw it in my inbox. And all I see, all you'll ever see in your inbox is their headline. And the headline read, Helping you get red hot, mouth watering leads. And that was so gross to me. I was like, What a weird headline. Absolutely not. This person is not who I want in my network. That sounds really creepy right? And so that's why your headline is just so, so important because again, I go back to let the work that you've done on your profile and in your content speak for itself.
0: Yes. And then the unique thing about LinkedIn is that you don't want to connect with everybody because you don't want your feed filled with a whole bunch of stuff that's not applicable to you. Again, first, Yeah. Like at first I was like, Oh, this person, Oh, I'm popular. Someone wants to connect with me. It feels so good. (laughs) And so then I started, I I didn't know. Right. So I was like, Oh, check in the box when I went in to check what was going on. And then all of a sudden I have all these posts on Bitcoin and technologies. (laughs) And I'm like, wait a minute, what am I doing here? Like, this isn't even my realm. And so I got rid of a few of those connections. And when you start connecting with people that are your people like you get excited to go into LinkedIn because you want to hear how they're wording things or how they're building their team or how they're motivating people or what over things they overcame and how that story rolled out.
1: Yes. Yes. So it's funny that you say that because I think a lot of us have this Facebook mentality of like, Oh, you unfriended me or, Oh, you didn't accept my friend request." where with LinkedIn, it is actually completely okay. If you do not accept an, an invite request. And this is a two way street, right? So we are just talking about like when you send a connection request to your ideal client, what do you say? Or if you say anything at all, and know that really it's a numbers game at this point, because not everybody's going to accept your request. And same goes on our side, right? Like if if I don't want to accept a Bitcoin hacker or whatever. Uh, it's okay. I don't have to accept all these invites. I can decline them if they don't align with like my audience and who I want to speak to. And to your point, that's, what's going to fill your feed. So if you want to find people that you are aligned with, that you want to learn from and those things, then be very intentional with who you accept and your connections.
0: Yeah. Yep. Learn that the hard way, friends. (laughs) (laughs) But if you need some Bitcoin hacks, there are people on LinkedIn that I promise you can help. I (laughs) ran into them. Okay. And so then as you're trying to grow your audience from zero, which is where I started to where we are right now, there's different types of posts that I've learned about, right? There's the posts that you collaborate on. So why don't you tell us a little bit about those because that can help make your reach go a lot faster, farther.
1: Sure. So you're talking about tagging somebody else who's active on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a really great way to, and there's all different ways that you can do this. Like it could be that, you know, Hey, I had a great call with, you know, so I had a great call with Jess and she was awesome. And we just had a great time collaborating or talking about her speaking business. Make sure you go follow her. So when you do stuff like that, that's a great way to now you're tagging Jess. And she's going to share it with her audience and vice versa. So that creates more momentum. You could have talked about a post. Someone just did this recently, Darren. He called out this girl, Zoe. And he, he actually posted a picture of himself like in a blazer. He's like, I never get dressed up for work. But Zoe just created a post about how when you show up in a certain dress, it makes you feel differently at work. And so that's what I'm doing. And it's, again, a very simple post, but it draws more attention. And it shares shares the spotlight with another Creator on LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. and again, vice versa. So it's just a great way to like create more momentum, I would say, momentum and engagement. And the other thing that you could do too is also saying, like, you know, I'm here are like five people I follow specifically for like their LinkedIn tips, and you list them out. And then you can say in the comments, like, tag people that you love who have great LinkedIn advice or climbing experience or workouts or breathing techniques or whatever nutrition advice. Like, that's a great way to just turn on the flywheel. Yeah.
0: And there's so many niches. Like as so many. she just went through like so many niches. It's a, it's fascinating to me how you could find people. It's like, okay, left-handed mountaineers. There's like a thousand of them. It's just fascinating.
1: Yes. Yes. It's so interesting. But yeah. That's yeah.
0: The what is your take on when you do photos with posts? Like should every post have a photo? Should they not? Should they only be your face? Like what's your thought on that?
1: Again, I'd say if you're listening to this six months from now, this might not apply. But what I am seeing today is that photos that are not professional. So something you might snap on your, you know, camera on your camera phone, that attaching that photo to your post does a lot better. And you, it's definitely got to be like of your face, your face has to be in it this is kind of what we're saying. And this is kind of the same story I've been saying for a little while. I'm not the only person that says this. I think Gary V says this too, is like LinkedIn right now is still kind of like Instagram 2017 pre filters. People were still wanting just like a raw image of somebody that's not professional and that really resonated with them. And I think it's just because like that creates m- better meaningful connection than something without a photo or A filtered photo or a professional photo, because we really get to see who you are as a real human.
0: And then there's this thing of shareable content, right? Where like, like, let's get into shareable because I just had something shared on my site and I felt all good about it. (laughs) Which one? It was actually, it was like one that was a photo and it was about things I learned about teamwork being on Everest and people sent that on and I thought, oh, that's interesting. So sometimes to grow your audience or to get more bandwidth, thinking about shareable content, it helps.
1: I'm just going to look it up because I'm like really excited about this. But what I'm assuming you're talking about is like carousel posts or viral posts.
0: Both. I guess both are cool, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. No one's going to complain oh, when they're yes. viral.
1: Right? Yeah. And this is like a great photo, by the way, because again, it's not it's not I don't think it's a maybe it's a professional photo, but it looks like just like a quick action shot. But again, like you have listed out. This is this is very much an educational post. And that's what people want. I want to say your personal network. They want to see content that shares more about you. So anecdotal story sharing, things like that, lessons learned, all of that's really good. Things that resonate with people outside of your network that you're trying to attract in are these educational value add pieces because people, they really are coming to LinkedIn to learn. So the best shareable or viral content is something one that would resonate with a lot of people. And again, that they can reshare because it resonates so much with them that they want to share it with their audience. So things like this, you know, like you're listing out five different things here or even a carousel post. Ooh, those I like are still those. doing very, yeah. very well. Yeah, they're doing really well on LinkedIn, right? Because you're what's happening is you're sitting on the post and you're swiping through and taking the time to read it just it's similar to Instagram, but that's what that does help kind of juice the algorithm in your favor when you make that type of content.
0: And is there a rhythm or formula that people should follow as they're growing? Like, oh, I should have this much be storytelling, this much be list building, this much be whatever.
1: That's a great question. I always go back to like, what is the goal? So if the goal is to if you do have like a business purpose, like you are trying to make sales or drive people to your newsletter or something like that. Yeah, you want to sprinkle in that type of content throughout the month, you definitely do. And you want to make sure that you have a call to action that is clear, like, hey, if you want to learn more about this type of content, or, you know, this product or whatever, check it out here join my newsletter here but for sure the better content always is going to be more story sharing more personal a little bit more vulnerable just in the way that like you're really like, le- letting your walls down a little bit and people get to again it's the no like and trust factor they get to know you better and so they're going to like you more and so they're going to trust you more and when that happens your audience grows people like your content more and more but i would say don't sleep on intentional business content either, because that does well too on LinkedIn. It really does.
0: And what would be an example of an intentional business content? Like if you've got a newsletter Mm -hmm. and you'd
1: like to drive people to your newsletter, I always, we have a couple clients that they've got an active newsletter. They're growing. I've got one I'm trying to grow. And so about two to three times a month, well, you could do it every week before your newsletter drops some of, you know, two times a month is great. So I always say maybe do your newsletter promo post the day before your next newsletter is going to go out so you can give people a heads up like hey tomorrow i'm going to be talking about my my most recent climb and the three challenges i faced on my way there i'm not sharing this anywhere else so if you want to get the inside scoop make sure you go subscribe to my newsletter to get that story tomorrow what i'm really seeing and i think i just think this is important because i think most people are paying attention to newsletters these days too is you know linkedin social media is a top of funnel platform. The most important thing is that you're actually pulling emails to your own list, no matter what platform you're using. Because if that platform goes away tomorrow, bye-bye all your leads. That is another thing. I know we're talking about LinkedIn, but I just do think it's important for anyone listening because if you care about LinkedIn, you probably care about other things in this way. Yeah. That like I'm seeing, and you probably see this too, Jen, is like the newsletters I'm most interested in these days are not sharing content or stories I could actually go read on LinkedIn or Instagram or somewhere else. It's very unique, specific content to the newsletter. So if you think about your newsletter as a channel that is a completely different stream of content that you're creating for, those newsletters actually do really well.
0: Yeah. I was just having this conversation about how the newsletters, the hub, and then LinkedIn is one of the spokes that you like kind of tease the newsletter on or get information from. And, but, you know, it's kind of interesting. So I was working on a post from this last trip. I was just in Bolivia and I had so much of mountaineering goes into business, right? I mean, it's so parallel. So I'm on this mountain and it is windy, but it's not a consistent wind, right? It's these huge oh, annoying gusts. Ones. Yes, yes. And so it was, it, it was like that moment of, Oh my gosh, inconsistency is exhausting. And that was my takeaway from the mountaineering. So, when I was first like writing the post for LinkedIn, I was like telling the whole story. And then I caught myself and I was like, actually, inconsistency is exhausting. Let me tell you why. It was better. For a LinkedIn post so that someone could go to the newsletter to get the actual story, story. And then you like used it as the funnel to build the newsletter list, right? Yes. But it's like 100%. you have to get into that mind frame. And it's not necessarily natural for a lot of us.
1: Yes. Really writing captions like hooks and captions for LinkedIn really is a skill set. And then being able to like transition and write for a newsletter is a skill set, like storytelling and, and knowing, you know, what is my audience going to be most drawn to? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what we think we want to talk about. What matters is what our audience wants to read.
0: Right, right, right. <laughs> Lesson number one, friends. Lesson number yes. one.
1: <laughs> yes. And that definitely applies to LinkedIn content because it's all about, yes, it's good to talk about, yes, like your story, your brand and all the things, but. We have to write it in a way that other people care about.
0: And what I learned, so I had somebody like Anna, I was writing something and I'm still a beginner writer. And so when you're a beginner writer, you hire people like you and and your husband, Teddy, (laughs) and things like that to give you feedback because that's how we get better. And I was taking into them the, so the feedback that I got as I was taking people through too many emotions in the single post. And that when you take somebody with that in that single post through that many emotions, they kind of leave like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. That what you're doing yeah. post, if you can try to stick to one emotion then that person mm. like trusts what they're feeling, because that's the only mm. thing they felt. And then that trust reflects back onto you as the person that posted the material. And mm-hmm. all, all of a sudden I was like, Oh, My goodness, I need to go through more of my posts and make sure that I'm not every single post bringing people through all these different emotions and then letting them not sit in one.
1: Yes. Okay. Great example to this. And I know you've done, you've gone through this before. It's like when you are part of a life coaching program or something, and you are like exposing feelings and you're working through stuff and you're trusting the person that's kind of guiding you through this journey and they kind of leave you in like a feeling that you're like okay this doesn't feel resolved that is like that is what we're trying to avoid right like we want to come full circle close close it and if you're doing that in your content yes like that is how you're going to leave your readers feeling
0: <laughs> yeah no it was it's just funny right so again like writing content having somebody look over the content letting the content mm-hmm. marinate for like 24 hours having this whole plan in place and then yeah it's been this it's it's been a journey it's not been perfect it's not really? been horrible but it's been pretty fun to be on and yes i love how you guys use analytic programs at your company oh. so it's not just like oh we feel yeah. good about ourselves like you have the hard numbers behind it so talk about that a little bit it's really
1: important any anybody that teaches specifically like linkedin or content and stuff i think now with so much technology in place like it's impossible it, it, like you should not not use you know, some type of software that helps give you analytics as to how well your content is performing because that just shows what your audience likes. So like one of the things I always tell people to do is like post content for 30, 60, 90 days, and then look back and see what has resonated the most over that time period with your audience and then double down on that content moving forward. So if you're finding that a lot of your content around your climbs and takeaways is what resonates more with your audience on LinkedIn versus like Being a mom and parenting and things like that, which again, I don't that's not true. But if that was the case, then you would probably just lean into the mountaineering more and and the the big leadership takeaways and all those types of things because that's what your audience wants. Yeah. So, you know, work smarter, not harder. I used to think that I just did a podcast episode on this recently too. Like I used to think online or business, business in general, like I used to think it was mythical. Like I just thought there's just some magic formulas that people know or something, but now I've realized. Learning so much about like these end systems and, and tools is like, it's mathematical actually.
0: Yes. <laughs> There's no mystery at all. <laughs> yeah. No, it's crazy how statistical yeah. it is and the different times and the different pieces that you can pay attention to. You're like, okay. And then like how important hashtags are. I mean, those things mm. matter. I didn't really, I'm like, oh, they're just cute little things to put on a post. No, they have purpose. Very, very they important purpose. purpose.
1: They do have purpose. You know, I don't know how I feel about hashtags on a post specifically. Like, I think they're good. But what I like hashtags for is actually when you are doing some more research to find your ideal clients. And what I mean by that is actually getting yourself in traffic that already exists. So let's say you wanted to you wanted to do more speaking events for women's conferences specifically. And so we do a little research via hashtags and we actually find some that the event planners of these women's conferences are either following or engaging on. And those are the people that we want you in touch with. So it's like doing that more hashtag research and like, okay, click on that hashtag. It pulls up all these posts that are on LinkedIn with that hashtag. And then now you're seeing these people engage on those posts, go and connect with those people. Like that's how you can find your ideal audience just by using hashtags.
0: Ooh, sneaky. I like it.
1: So I'm trying to reverse engineer that in in my mind. Like I'm probably just super sleep deprived and I can't think about it on the spot. But if there's a way that you can create content with hashtags that get your content in front of your ideal client or your ideal audience, then that's the kind of hashtag you wanna use. Most people will put a hashtag with like the theme of their post which does make sense. And I know that like, there's like social media gods that will like burn you on the spot. If you post a post with a hashtag that has nothing to do with the post itself, but there's gotta be a way that like, do you know what I mean? Like you're, yes, it's about the post, but it's really for this target audience that would likely be following this hashtag anyway. And you want them to see that post.
0: Yeah, no, I get it. It's, it's helping you filter and collect and find the people that you want. Like I thought the cool feature on LinkedIn, which I'm sure everybody under the sun knows about is the little bell, <laughs> but like I found out <laughs> about the little bell and I'm like, Oh, cause you know, like what happens is after you have a handful of followers or connections or whatever they're called, and then you like lose, sometimes you lose people in your feed. And so then the little bell allows you to know what that friend posted because you're like, Oh, I want, I'm i a- I'm a junkie for their content.
1: Yes. Have you found that that works? when you're like, do you actually see more people's content that you hit the bell on? I
0: feel like it, but you know, I'm not as popular as you. So I don't know, but <laughs> no, I think it works. I only say that because like, I-, I think
1: it works too. I just, I know that like on Instagram, I have a few people that I like have the bell on their profile and I never see their content. So I'm like, Oh, well Instagram, I'm, I'm not talking, talking about, about
0: LinkedIn though. The LinkedIn bell. I
1: know, I know. But I'm like, is it the same? Like, I just want to make sure that
0: yeah, no, yeah. I, when I hit the bell on LinkedIn, my little like notification things, it shows up that somebody, that person posted, okay, and good. then I get that material. So then that makes me happy.
1: Good. That's because LinkedIn is
0: great. Yeah. Yes. And we have LinkedIn Lives, which are super fun. We did one of those yes. once.
1: We actually should do some more because yes. I think they're awesome. We should, I should interview you about your Bolivia trip.
0: Oh, yes. That was a crazy trip. Let me tell you, you should. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, I. I like LinkedIn lives. I do. I I sat on one the other night and the amount of material that people put up on LinkedIn that is so beneficial, it's mind blowing. Yes.
1: Who, do you remember who, whose LinkedIn you watched?
0: Well, last night, Nir Eyal was on and he was talking about the benefit of having an accountability partner. And I had had him on a podcast before. And so when I logged yep. in I, at, randomly, he was doing a little dog and pony show with a friend of his and they were talking about accountability in, in the money realm of having someone like, when do you want to make a big decision? Maybe you should have an accountability partner before you go write that check for the new Ferrari, right? Because we can all get emotional and get, yeah, whatever. It was, it was a healthy decision or a healthy conversation to have. And it just reminded me of the value of having an accountability partner. And then that material, you could still go back and access, which I thought was cool too.
1: Yes. And you can repurpose that. So you can also make that a podcast episode. You can you know, have someone transcribe that, you know, content for you and create multiple posts from that. There's a lot of things you can do. But I love a good LinkedIn live. And I think LinkedIn lives have become more and more popular over the last year, since they obviously released the ability to do it. But more people are just tuning in and they're paying attention. And it's really cool. I mean, I there's there's a girl named Hala Taha. She's you know her. She goes live, I want to say every single day. And I like her content. I think she's actually doing her podcast interviews with people and just doing it live on LinkedIn as well. So you're getting a a lot of juice everywhere on these LinkedIn lives. And I'd say that's the best approach to a LinkedIn live is like, give some good stuff away. I mean, don't hold back. Like people will pay attention and stick with you. If you've got some good content you're spitting out on a LinkedIn live.
0: Yeah. And she was doing LinkedIn lives for a few days in a row because she was promoting a course that she was doing on LinkedIn. And so that was just interesting to watch how many people signed up from that and things that were going on there? I'm like, oh wow, this works. I mean, LinkedIn works, friends. LinkedIn works. LinkedIn works. Yes. Well, remember when we did a LinkedIn live, our first LinkedIn yes. live,
1: we actually sold yes. spots for your vertical coaching. forty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did yeah. the
0: vertical forty challenge. You know, I'm yes. doing one. It, it was awesome. Yeah, we're doing vertical forty challenge Everest right now, and we have eight days left. And it's like any of these challenges at the beginning, you're like, oh my gosh, this feels forever. It's going to take forever. And then when you get close to the end, you're like, I'm going to miss all my people. Like this is so much fun. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: That's why you get them into the circle community and you just stay in it. Stay
0: in it. I know they're like, what's our next challenge? I'm like, I haven't been ahead of the game. I'm sorry. (laughs) We'll get one going. I promise. Yes. It's
1: like what you want.
0: Okay. It's great. All right. So you're by LinkedIn guru. I love what you do. I love Thank how you, you empower so many people and just really our wealth of knowledge on the platform. Thank so you. people can follow you, get your newsletter, they can hire you to manage your their platform. They can do courses from you, all things you. So we find you where?
1: Best place to go is my website, com. We could put it in the show notes or find me on LinkedIn. Of course, find me on LinkedIn and let's connect there. I love hearing from people who have like listened to a podcast and they share a great takeaway. That's like the coolest thing. So if you're listening and you want to find me on LinkedIn and share a big takeaway that you got from this episode, please share it.
0: Yay. All right. Thank you, Lindsay. Have a good day. Yay! Thanks, Jen. See ya. <laughs>